The Dot Connectors, brought to you by Omnia Global. Welcome back, everybody, for another shorter episode with myself and our CEO, Daniel Hansen. And off the back of a very successful episode that was titled Life as an Entrepreneur in a Woke World, we thought we would tackle a similar theme, but from a different angle. And this time, we wanted to explore a few topics that we feel have a little bit of hot air around them in today's market. So we decided to have a discussion around the metaverse, around anti-woke, anti-ESG funds, and also technology for tech sake. It's very much us two exchanging our opinions, but it's a really insightful episode. So sit back and enjoy. Daniel, welcome back for another short, quick-fire episode. How are we today? Good, good. We're good. We're uh, stationed in New York at the moment. A um, lot going on over here, so uh, yeah, it's cold as hell, but it's nice. Yeah, I was going to say, we're, we're, for the listeners who don't, obviously you only hear the audio version. I'm sat here in my coat because I'm British and, and don't want to turn the heating on, and Daniel sat with a scarf on, so... We really are cold, so, you know, obviously feel very <laughs> grateful that we're recording today whilst we're freezing. We're not really. Anyway, following the success, and I'm not just saying that in a gimmicky fashion, uh, we had a lot of great feedback around our short-fire episode um, around uh, navigating the woke world as an entrepreneur. And what I thought is I'd like to kind of get you back on a short-fire episode. Um, and some would call it putting the world to rights. I don't... I don't feel we're going to go that far, but just go a little bit deeper into the world, more specifically a cluster of topics where, dare I say it, there's slightly slightly a bit more hot air around them. That's a very polite way of saying there's there's mixed opinions, if if you like. And, and I thought there's nobody better to have this conversation with than you, Daniel. Um, you know, we, we're going to polish it a little bit today. <laughs> We're not going to go too hardcore. Um, but I wanted, if it's okay with you, to to kick off with a topic that I spoke to you about some while ago, uh, and that is the metaverse. And when I spoke to you about it, I remember your eyes glazing slightly, um, which, you know, it is it is an interesting area. You know, I, I'd wafting a lot, wafted along in life, not quite realising what it was, Um it, you know, it's been in existence for some time. There are, as we discussed, you know, JP Morgan opened the first bank in the metaverse. Uh, you know, you can have a social life in the metaverse, but perhaps not one in the real world. What are your thoughts on the metaverse? What What is the future of metaverse? Or do you think it's a lot of hot air kicking around? Um, I would say the from a business perspective or a private perspective, you know, I, I think there's a lot of, there are some people out there that where the matrix is the wildest dream. Um, I think from a business perspective, you know, we second life was there, I don't know, 10 years ago. Um, yeah. um, and now we're apparently doing the same thing all over again. Um, now there's just a lot more billions behind it. You know, nerd number one, Zuckerberg is now in it. So there's going to be enough, enough, capital behind it to at least try it out um i think from a one perspective less traveling probably would be a good thing 
if it's ever going to catch fire on um, on the you know everyone sitting in virtual avatar meetings and whatnot, I think it might be a little bit too early. Um, I, I think from an investment perspective, like NFTs, um, buying land, building offices, and actually paying for it in a, in a way where there's endless supply, I think is probably the worst idea ever. Um, but um, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, float your boat. I guess you know, it's like um, I think that's popular. Everyone's just trying to, you know, be 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 in on it. But it's, uh, um, I personally think it will have a a journey like NFTs would have, and before that, um, mm-hmm. altcoins and you know whatever's you know the next pump and dump, I guess. But um, from a from a meeting perspective, conference having. Um, people meet up. Um, I think personally, uh, actual relationships matter more than artificial and mm. virtual ones. And, and having meetings with avatars, especially from in a family office perspective of investing, I probably would be a little bit cautious. No, I agree. I, I guess to provide a contrary view, which is the essence of what I want to do here today, somebody said to me, but, you know, Lauren, you can't dismiss it. Because your child, we both got children, that's probably going to be their future job. Something to do with the metaverse. And I, what, what's your view on that? You know, do you think this next generation are, you know, the, the job of choice, like today, the job of choice is still probably in finance or to become a doctor. And they were saying, no, the metaverse and building, existing designing whatever it is for the metaverse is going to be the number one job for our children what do you think about that as long as there's some billionaires pouring billions into it of course there'll be jobs mm. if it's your worth you know if you're actually creating value or you're just burning cash from someone else wanting to build um and you know a virtual world you know i guess that's fine in the end it's about what value and does these you know, the kids of today, do they feel that it's valuable doing? If they do so, happy days, you know, um, it's all good. Um, would it create more value being a doctor? Maybe so, um, mm. you know. Um, yeah, but, you know, it's it's uh, if it flies, it flies. But I think the market is just to be a lot smaller than we are currently being pitched. Quite. I think that's where I would sit, sit on there. I think it's, you know, if you look at the media, we spoke about this on a, on a previous podcast. It is just, you know, I opened the How British, the Sunday Times yesterday, you know, and it's just this fear mongering of like peaks, peaks and lows, highs and lows, highs and lows. It's like I can't read the newspaper and just go, well, this is really enjoyable. It's yeah. just... It's awful, you know, and it's, oh, next big, big boom, metaverse, da-da-da. Oh, but then, you know, the world's ending on the other side. And, and again, I, it's like I just don't know what sits comfortably, comfortably with me. But I think it is that area where I go, I can't ignore it. Um, but do I think it's going to precede the real world? Not anytime soon. I'm afraid, but I feel like that's what we've been told. Yeah, the, the metaverse currently right now is 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 a great way of um, you know if you're if you're JP Morgan a little bit old doesn't really quite understand what it is is you know it's it's an easy way of trying to be cool with the hipsters without really <laughs> understanding what it's about and it, you, yeah. you know it's it's just a marketing campaign and whatnot if it flies it flies if not whatever but you know it's it's just um, it's fluff you know it's, mm. Uh, mm. it's it, 
currently it's fluff. It might be fluff worth billions in a minute because a lot of people put money into it. <laughs> Um, but just because it's well-funded doesn't mean it's real or it's no. going to be of value. It needs to be able to be create value for someone. It needs to be, if it, you know, we save tons of time or you get more business done or, you know, you get more endorphins in your brain or uh, whatever, it floats your boat. It's great. But right now it's, it's, it's more of a, it's just too fluffy. No, um, I agree with you. You know, it's it's a it's it's buzzwords on steroids. Point one, we've agreed. That's that's useful. That's a positive start, isn't it? We're not on different ends of the spectrum with it, but no, I hear you. And I guess moving into something that is real that we can't, you know, we we speak a lot about this, which is you know clearly climate change. ESG, uh, certainly in my world, you know, uh, back in the day, and I'm not that old, listeners, you know, it was all about CSR policies, you know, have you got your co- corporate social responsibility policy and people just put together some document. Now we've got ESG and it is genuinely here and it is it's genuinely frightening, particularly at a fund level with assets, I think, where people are panicking. Now, on the flip side to that, and obviously, you know, you'll experience this, Daniel, where, you know, investors particularly are kind of being forced, forced, guided through this sort of, you know, path where you've got to be ESG minded. And obviously ESG, I'm sure listeners, everybody knows this, but it's that environmental social governance. That's what the ESG stands for. If we sort of major on the environmental, also the societal social element, you know, clearly it's it can't be embedded into unethical practices. Um, But we have seen the rise in anti-woke funds, which woke, as we discovered, can, you know, stretch across a number of areas. But more specifically, it's linked to this sort of anti-ESG movement, if you like. Um, And I'm just going to read some of my research here, listeners, just so I can kind of position this before I flip to Daniel. But more recently, last month, an anti-ESG exchange traded fund, Strive Asset Management, um, who've got US Energy ETF, attracted $315 in investment in less than a month, which is mad. And uh, Florida in the States has passed a resolution barring its pension fund managers from embedding environmental, social and governments related factors into their investing strategies. And then Texas recently criticised BlackRock and nine European financial houses for, in inverted commas, boycotting the fossil fuel industry as part of their ESG tribes drives, beg your pardon. And obviously on the flip side, noting that clearly Florida and Texas adopt just quite a lot of worrying stances for stop in other areas. So I'm, I'm kind of balancing this view going, really? Are you sure? I mean, guns? Sorry, I shouldn't say that. But, you know, this is I'm setting the scene here. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's quite interesting. And I, I can't actually argue entirely with what they're doing. What are your thoughts on these anti-woke funds, Daniel? Well, I, I think it's... Um... I think my main problem with some of them is, or the whole movement, is you want to you want to change the world for the better um, in a speed that is not realistic. So you want to ban oil in order to live up renewables, and Germany tried to do that. They shut down perfectly super green nuclear plants in order to live off super volatile wind turbines, and, and now we have an energy crisis in Europe. Um, so it's it's it, my problem is that uh, 
you want to create, you want to have pension funds invest long-term um, funds and investment for, for the long term, but doing it in a uh, what feels great right now, you know, and 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 that's a little bit of a problem because the majority of of crude oil is not used for fossil fuels; it's used for all sorts of supportive. Uh, measurements and creating mm. plastics and what all the stuff that the world cannot live without tomorrow. So you cannot go out and say, you know, no one can invest in oil anymore when you don't have um, something to replace it with, yeah. right? So I think if we all agreed it could be cool that here in New York City, there's no motorized vehicles, so that it would be a lot more quieter town, cleaner town and clean air and whatnot. We all want that. It's the It's the road to get to that point. That needs to be just a tiny bit more, um, I would say, made with a little bit of realistic goggles on instead of having this, um, you know, the, hot, the, the louder you scream, uh, the more right you are instead of how you can kind of argument for your, for your cause. I think that's the problem. So if, if someone is forcing my bank to invest in something, specifically based on some 19-year-old uh, screaming Scandinavian um, so that my return will be way less and my, you know, for no reason. You know, that, that's, a pro- that's a major problem. So mm. um, uh, so the world needs to agree on what is actually, you know, renewables and what is actually green and what the world is actually in need of. And then you need to have a a much much longer playbook here in order to make it work because right now we're we're um, you know we're running 30 year 40 year uh, climate change plans based on a election period kind of action um, time scale which is a which is a major it's very very dangerous and it's it's, it's a major mm. problem you can see how the whole Europe is in a mess energy wise right now where yeah. we wouldn't have been there unless you know if there have been a few grown ups. Um, in the room, and then and, and you have the whole EU trying to come up with ideas, and now the COP twenty seven, you know, all the stuff is is great, but it's uh, you know, it's political fluff. We need act- actual actions, and we need someone who actually takes it serious just a little bit. And banning no. the, where the energy is right now doesn't help. So, so of course, there's a lot of investors taking advantage of this, you know, and you have an anti work ETF or whatever. People know that we're gonna need stable energy until there's a stable replacement and mm. you know there's cheap stocks for sale <laughs> no quite and and you know again i think i'm going harping on about the media but if you look at the consistent message which is all centered around the next generation save the world for the next generation which i feel like is sort of to, to those investors that forgive me probably do have the money and are slightly older and therefore have more money to invest, they're going, well, if it's the next generation, selfishly, it's my money right now and I want the best possible return because that's what we've been taught over and over, years and years and years. And I think it's 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 a really disjointed message. And then, dare I say it, perhaps these anti-woke funds, I don't know what the typical investor demographic it is, but I'm guessing it's probably different to the more traditional investor market so i think that message of for tomorrow you know future generation i think that completely kills it but as you say i think think people have quite realized that if you turn the tap off right now 
you just, you, you know, you can't survive. I mean, arguably, yes, we survived hundreds and hundreds of years ago without plastic, without this, without that. But we become accustomed to a certain, you know, point in life. And I think, as we've discussed before, where are the solutions? You know, where are those incentives for those solutions to come through a hell of a lot quicker rather than that kind of, you know, what I think people are defaulting to, which is the I, 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 rather than the we, how do we find these solutions to then replace these things that we just can't live without, but much more quickly? Yeah. I would say, it, it, you know, it, it this the dooms, doomsday, uh, you could say, uh, talk you know, or the narrative of, of complete doom uh, also mm. destroys the actual uh, talk about solutions because Quite. the world is not going to end in 20 years um, and there's not more people dying of floods they're just living closer more people are living closer to the shoreline so you, you you're not gonna you're not gonna rem remove the problem by having cows burp less you could just move <laughs> a little bit further away you know it's, it's it's you know so this it's it's but it's a very uh high-pitched kind of conversations right it, it it's like it's um mm. in a very um heated argument and that's not where you kind of tend to get you know agree with your <laughs> if you have a heated argument at four in the morning and the bar is not there you're going to find any solutions but that's a little bit the climate talk at the moment right and um, yes. um and i i think that's um um you know in this whole dialogue between well if you're in in the market and you're not um only investing in super green or and then you you know what is super green right you know wind turbines mm. are not green but you know, they look nice but they kill all the birds and they're not recyclable so what is actually green um, mm. so it, it's it's i think it's a um you know in, in denmark where 30 percent of the of the green um, energy comes from 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 wood you know because it's it's green because well it you know it captured CO two and now it's just releasing it. Well, I wouldn't call mm. that green at all. No, right. So it's 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 just um, I feel that it's um, you're forcing people to live their lives differently than they want to based on a narrative of you know you're either a good guy over here or you're a bad guy over here and yes you know you kind of need to um, you need to not living life and you're not allowed to enjoy yourself too much because then you're not a good guy. So we're gonna you know it's about you know, removing um, things for your life that you've been accustomed to for something that basically makes zero difference. And I think that's mm -hmm. um, so the reason why all these anti-woke investment products came along is because, you know, it's um, the world runs on energy and it runs on a lot of stuff and, and proper ESG um, investments. Um, it, I, I think there's less than 10% of actual ESG offerings that actually are truly focused on ESG. I think there's a, wow. a, a, long, a lot of them that are on their way there, but, you know, there's no regulation on it. There's no control systems. You know, if, you mm. know it's, 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 uh, it's more of a branding and marketing stunt, in my opinion. So um, mm. it's a little bit too artificial. Uh, that's that's Agreed. Uh, my opinion. Agree. And it's still very subjective. Yeah. You know, there isn't this hard... I mean, you know, that as you say, it's this all or nothing. The world's going to end, and we're all going, but it's not. And then what happens is the idea, the topic of every ten years is always the same story. Right? It the is. 60s, it is. We're running out of oil. Seventy running yeah. out of oil again. You know, it's we're yeah. running out of oil all the time. We're running out of resources all the time, but there's never been more resources in the world. 
And, you know, it's, it's <laughs> at some point someone should kind of sit down and say, okay, let's, let's read up on history. Let's, you know, just mm. check the facts for a bit. Everyone mm. is so focused on headlines and just picking a side and then arguing from there and then putting themselves on a pedestal, you know, pretending to be better than everyone. The virtual signaling on steroids, that's kind of like, it seems like it should be Olympic sport by now since so many, <laughs> so much into it. No, no, I agree. And it is like, it's shame-based as well. And I just think there's enough negative. Yeah, exactly. No one yeah. wants to feel, I'm not going to swear, but terrible no. about themselves. And so, you know, it's this, if you trigger shame in someone, they're probably going to rebel. They're not going to go, yeah, I am. Do you know what? I should have put that that milk carton in the recycling bin, but really sorry, I, f- I just didn't have time. You know, we're just going to go, oh, we'll just put our head in the sand. But... I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna move you on now because I feel like we could get stuck in the, into that one given the work that we've done together and we we share similar opinions. I want to talk about technology now to just to finish us off because obviously this wraps around everything. And COVID forced many of us um, to I guess digitize our world, which I think was much needed. You know, and you think back to. I'd never, I'd never used Zoom. And if you wanted to speak to your international colleagues, you had some giant VC unit TV that barely worked and, and you'd be like, oh, let's just not include them in the meeting. Now, I mean, maybe that was for good reason, but now you can't get away from it. And, you know, we have, I think, in some areas got, you know, tech for tech's sake, you know, and we talk about hybrid working and we're already seeing this sort of, you know, all the, all the investment banks at Goldman Sachs are completely slandered for saying, I want you back in the office. In other words, still use tech, but use humans first, tech second, and kind of shifted it. But I think a lot more organisations are now going, wow, too much tech. You know, where's the essence of why we run a business, this relationship kind of building and, you know, forming bonds and, and particularly for the youngsters, learning alongside one another, which bluntly I don't think you can probably do over technology. What's you know what's your thoughts on on where we're at with all things technology? Have we gone too far? Are we are we missing a trick? Or, or do you think conversely we're right in the place that we should have been many years ago? I would say you know from remote work perspective, I think uh, we're getting closer to a balance. You know before it was mm-hmm. unheard of, and you know if you're working from home, you're basically not doing anything, right? There was a total mistrust yes. on people working from home or remote. Um, and, um, and then you, uh, had COVID and, and, you know, the world didn't end. People actually were productive. Um, they all, I also think that people felt, um, there is a, a social element that you do need. Uh, you do need that water cooler talk. You do need the collaborative, uh, meetings. Um, but there are a lot of meetings that could have been an email as well. So, we, so where I think and hope we're going is a little bit more on the, a balancing act of it so that you have um, a hybrid that works. Um, and then I think that uh, you, you cannot replace it completely, uh, to say the least. Um, but, you know, uh, from an, um, you know, freedom perspective, uh, um, working efficiently perspective, you know, being in a, you know, uh, open space office is the worst nightmare to be able to concentrate and get something actual done. So, um, if you're, you know, collaborating, you're brainstorming, you have workshops, you, your meetings, compress those and get to the office and do your stuff. If you actually need to be focused, work in peace, uh, not being interrupted, there's definitely other places than the office that are way better options for you. Mm. Um, and, um, and then, you know, um, and then you have this whole 
four-day workweek movement that are, you know, getting kicked into place a little bit where, you know, Workdays has been five days for the last 50, 60 years. And before that, it was six days, then it was seven, whatever. Um, and, you know, you can, of, of course, be 20% more effective and then, you know, give your brain a little bit of peace to uh, recharge uh, because the world is in a much, much faster pace and your information flow is is constant. Um, and uh, it's not good for, um, um, you know, it would be, I, I think the world hopefully will get to a place where, Getting to the four-day work week would be the new norm. Mm. Uh, I, I would much rather see that uh, than more. Uh, you could say only work from home, being solely socially uh, uh, separated from the world. Uh, you know, we're in a space where it's it's very relationship-driven what we do. Um, so if if we weren't in person with people, we, and I can make I can I can't do business with people I've never met in person. No. I, you know, you yeah. you know you have a you need, there's some things you just need to go through in order to actually get to know uh, a person. And you're not going to do that on a Zoom call. It's for follow-ups. Yeah. It's for um, touching base and whatnot. But for relationship uh, ba- ba- you know, building, you definitely need to do it in person. Um, mm. and, uh, Great. Um, yeah, so that that's a little bit that's the way I hope the world will be going anyway. Agree. And, and I think... It's interesting. I've worked with individuals who sort of considered trialing in the UK. There's quite a big trial. It came to an end, actually. It's um, slightly controversial around this four day working week, and it, was, it had a lot of press, and it didn't work. I mean, some organizations felt it did, but across the whole, people didn't quite, it just didn't quite sit. And I think one of the problems, in my opinion, is that because we haven't, we're very quick to form rules around like in person, like being in the office, like norms around, oh, you don't sit there, you don't do that. It's etiquette that you don't sit there on personal calls, you don't stand up on it's all these norms, but we don't have those norms around technology. And I think the problem with the four day working week is people are going, oh, I'll just cram five into four. And no one's telling them to, but I think technology allows you to do that. Or I'll tell you what I'll just do on the 5th. I'll just check my emails because there's no rules. So I think we will run into problems because we've not. And when I say rules, rules where it's okay to turn your phone off and go, nah, I'm not I'm not going to allow those emails to come in or, you know, rules where quite literally you don't accept a call and then you don't feel you know guilty the next day because your boss was trying to get hold of you. But actually he was trying to call you at 7 p.m. at night, you know, which is just not I mean, you could argue if you're working on a big project, the rules might be slightly, slightly more relaxed. But I think on that in, on that point, really interesting point to, to end us with that four day working week. And I think tech in general I mean, it flows through everything we spoke about. I think it's culture, you know. Yes, it is. Tech is is one thing. Tech tech just enables you to be able to. And now because tech is so Mm. invasive at the moment, you need Mm. to uh, make a lot more tougher decisions in order for not letting it swallow you up. You know, so it's more of a a culture perspective because no one goes to uh, Tibet and meets Dalai Lama and and asks how many hours that person is working every day, right? So it, I think, it, in, but investment banking, if you're not in the office until 10, 11 in the evening and back on 7, how can you get anything done, right? Yeah. Uh, and you need to sit in the office to be able to be looked at as you're working because, you know, moving logos around in a PowerPoint deck, you know, you could outsource, outsource that to India and then, you know, sit at the bar and doing the same stuff. But mm, <laughs> culturally-wise, yeah. that doesn't apply, right? So it's, it doesn't. It's, uh, um, so I think it's a, it's a, it's a cultural change and if... if 
companies need to have the four four um, day work week uh, to work. It needs to be the corporate needs to be the company who does it, um, mm. and it needs to be a culture of the company that we appreciate. Um, you know, the creativity rises in a company where you have more time to actually recharge and, and, and think in a different manner. Work is not just sitting hammering emails. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's a reason why you get all the good ideas in the shower or when you're not working. So it's, totally. um, um, so, th- so that culture hopefully will, the world will move in, in that direction, at least in the Western world and creative industries and whatnot might not be, you know, in the Ford factory and an assembly belt, but, um, you know, there are industries where you definitely can do it, uh, today. Agree. Daniel, we failed miserably on our short, sharp episode. Uh, we're at 27 minutes. We tried, but we picked fa- three fairly lot. I mean, I asked you at the start, should we add anything else in? You were right not to do that because we've, we've reached that time. But it's been brilliant chatting to you and, and, and always like sort of chucking things back and forth and your, your, your you know, honesty and openness. So thank you for your time today. I've really enjoyed chatting to you. Welcome. Have a good one. Thank you. And listeners, I hope you enjoyed that one. And if you've got any thoughts, feelings around what we've discussed, do let us know. But we will catch you next time. Bye.